3: Hello and welcome to Where To Go. I'm James Atkinson, brand manager at Deco Witness.
0: And I'm Lucy Richards, senior editor at DKR Witness.
3: And welcome to Where To Go, where every fortnight we find out more about the world's favourite travel destinations with the people who know those places best. And today, Lucy, I know we went to LA last week, yeah. we spoke to Javier. Yes. Um... Uh, we're getting a little bit closer to home. Much uh, closer to home. yes. Much, much closer to home, and particularly a lot closer to my home, I <laughs> yeah, guess. Um, of course. Uh, so we are going to Manchester. Um, yeah. So yeah, Manchester traditionally, uh, well, often considered England's second city. Manchester's a real sort of cultural hub. It's um, it's also a kind of sporting mecca. It's yeah. um, it's really important in sort of the history of the industrial revolution around the world. Um and we are delighted to be joined by our, our friend Dan Stables who's yes. worked with DKI Witness quite a lot um yeah. to be uh, to discuss it um but first i just wanted to know have you ever been to manchester
0: <laughs> i've been so i've i've sort of have two experiences in manchester i went i yep. went on a um a night out in manchester in my early 20s which was weirdly um a chap, a, lo- a family friend was turning, I think, 60, 65. So I had a night out with okay. um, him and his mates, which was right. really fun. And my other <laughs> experience of Manchester is I've seen Crystal Palace play Man City right here in London. <laughs> so. That is not
3: an experience of Manchester.
0: You went to Crystal Palace. I went to Crystal did Palace.
3: Hear, did you just hear some Manchester accents? Um that was we, your. We, to,
0: we went to this pub and weirdly we were just surrounded by Man City fans in, you know, in South London. And I had the best day and it was pouring with rain and naturally palace lost. But I just had the loveliest day. Everyone was so friendly and I really enjoyed the football and I went for a great Chinese afterwards. <laughs>
3: That's not a Manchester story. Albeit, I mean, I, I've been I've been to watch football in, in Manchester and it it is amazing. But one of my greatest like football memories is the day when Man City or Man United could win the yes. Premier League in yes. 2013 or so. I was sat in the Albion pub, a really famous football pub in like London Fields, sadly no longer with us. And outside was all the United fans, inside was all the city fans, <laughs> and the score like changed and literally all the United fans outside were like Chanting and shouting, and then all the the city fans went mad. Uh, yeah, which I think just shows some of the like huge passion yeah, for the, the passion, city, exactly, yeah, and the pride that kind of exists. And I think like Mancunians around the world are really, really famous for that,
0: yeah. And I'm sure we'll come on to that with um with Dan, but then sorry, James, you, I'm sure you've had some more authentic Manchester yeah, yeah.
3: Well, well, I mean, I mean, like, I, I'm from the north of England, and um, all trains in the north run to Manchester pretty much, um. Yeah. Apart from those that rent to London, um, but um, but, uh, um, but yeah, like uh, uh, I've been to quite a few gigs in Manchester. Um uh, I had quite a few mates who went to Manchester University as well. Yeah. So I went to the famed Fallowfield, um, a sort of student, massive student ghetto, um, which was pretty pretty thriving in the mid 2000s. Um, but also, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I've like uh, visited there a few times. I played there with my band a couple of years ago, which cool. was really fun. Cool. Um Really cool, and really cool to. It was a few years since I'd last visited the city, and saw it like kind of changed a little bit. And um, I don't know, it's one of those places. It seems to change and stay the same all the time, which yes. I'm sure we'll, we'll we'll touch on with Dan as well. Um, but yeah, it's been a couple of years. I've got a few friends I need to go and visit up there, so I'm desperate to find out from Dan what we need to do Me and too. where we need to go. Yes. So should we get to it?
0: Yes, let's get to it.
3: Dan Stables is a travel writer who works with the BBC, National Geographic, Lonely Planet, amongst others, including with our own books at DKI Witness. So, yeah, without further ado, hello, Dan.
2: Hello. Hello. Thanks for having me.
3: It's brilliant to finally have you on the podcast. I know you work with quite a lot of the team here at DKI Witness, Dan. So it's great to have you on and to talk about all things Manchester.
0: Yes, long overdue, Dan. So welcome, welcome. Um, So we'll begin by learning more about Dan himself and then we'll move on to Manchester and the best things the city has to offer, as well as some insider tips on visiting the city. Um, And we'll bring you up to speed with what the city is like in today's climate.
3: So Dan, uh, what was it that drew, drew you to live in Manchester originally?
2: So I originally moved to Manchester for university. Um, Mm -hmm. I grew up in the southwest in like the middle of the countryside, so I just wanted to experience something somewhere different, different part of the country, big Mm -hmm. city. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, Manchester had a great reputation, as it still does, for nightlife, all that sort of thing, which was probably more important to me when I was 19 than it is now. But, um, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, so I went to uni here, had a great time. Um, It's one of the best... um, places to to be a student in the country i think it's got i think i think i'm right in saying the biggest student population in the whole of europe i think or at least it was certainly then because
3: there's i've i've heard that too yeah there's like three different universities right or or more
2: Yeah, so, so there's manchester university where i went and then there's man met and then there's salford uni as well um and they're mm-hmm. all big universities so there's a great um sort of student scene there. Um, I remember, like, I, so the, the kind of student ghetto, if you like, where um, loads of the students live is Fallowfield, which is in, the, in South Manchester. Yep. And uh, I think at that time it was the only address in the country where you had to opt in to pay council tax rather than opting out because everyone was a student, pretty much. <laughs> um, so yeah, obviously, it was a great place to to be a student. And then um, after I graduated, I moved down to London for. Uh, about five years but then mm-hmm. when I was uh, when I started when I became a travel writer and started traveling a lot with work um yeah. it just got to the point where paying rent paying to rent in London just stopped making sense really when I was going away for months at a time um yeah. Yeah. and so I decided to leave London still had lots of friends up in Manchester and um so that was that decision made really great
0: i'm guessing that that you're now not living dan in that sort of very studenty hub in manchester i'm guessing you found (laughs) where so whereabouts are you living now then in the city
2: so right now i live in the city center uh technically it's salford because of the side of the river irwell that i live on so historically that the river irwell divides manchester and salford um and nowadays it kind of runs pretty much close to the middle of manchester city center so I live just on the other side of it, near to the Lowry Hotel and um, the Manchester Arena and the Cathedral, a few of the sort of landmarks nearby. Um, so it's about a 15, 20-minute walk of anywhere else in the city centre, really. Um, having said that, I'm just about to move. So I've been I've been here for four years and I'm going to move to Didsbury, uh, which is kind of like a sort of leafy suburb in the south of Manchester, lots of nice parks and stuff. So yeah, looking forward to that.
3: Because because that is a point like manchester is not just the city center it's not just even salford as well it's like um you know there's greater manchester kind of encompasses loads of different places from like bury to oldham to um yeah. etc et um it's it's pretty huge and it, i think it's like it, i think it competes with birmingham and the west midlands for like being sort of the uk's second biggest hub really yeah um, for
2: sure yeah and there's um definitely obviously like my experience now living in the city centre is very different from my experience of being a student. I was living in field. and then mm. again, living in—I'm sure—living in the suburbs will be very different again. But they, they, they all have their sort of um, pros and cons. So, like where I am living right now is so great because it's so compact uh, that there's so much variety mm. within a small area. You know, like I said, everywhere is within walking distance, um, and that's especially stark coming from London where, you know, there's that cliche that everywhere takes an hour to get to when you live in London. Yes. And um yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas here it's like, you know, pretty much all my friends who also live in town I can get to within like 10, 15 minutes. And Brilliant. so yeah, you could be like vintage shopping in the northern quarter and then you could go for a few drinks in Ancoats or something, and then you could be having dinner in Chinatown. And they're all only like a 10 minute walk away from each other. And so it means you can be really spontaneous. You can just call someone up and say, what are you up to tonight? And uh, we can go out for a drink or go for dinner or something. And that's the nice thing about being in the city centre because it's like you're really immersed in the sort of life of the city.
3: Absolutely. And, and what do you... Uh, I know this is quite a tricky question because it can be pretty broad, but um, what do you <laughs> love most about Manchester?
2: Yeah. Um, obviously, like you say, it's hard to choose just one thing, but I would say that... Um, For me, it's about the food and the drink. I'm a big foodie, and I like a drink as well. And Mm. there's just so many, (laughs) there's so many, um, again, because of that compactness and the amount of variety there is, you know, you can just, you can. there's so many sort of world cuisines you can have and increasingly also British restaurants are coming to the fore more here, like like they are in in London and in lots of cities as well. It's getting a bit more recognition. But uh, yeah, so I would say the food and the drink um the way the fact that you can walk pretty much everywhere then out in the suburbs again there's great green spaces i mean manchester isn't associated with good the city center is not good at all for parks and green spaces but once you get out to the suburbs there's absolutely loads around didsbury and chalton there's there's a big chain of parks which all connect with each other um which sort of run along the banks of the river mersey um Mm -hmm. so there's Fletcher moss botanical gardens which is all full of like exotic plants and there's Chiltern Water Park, Ken Willeywood, Sayre Water Park, various others. So, yeah, once I start, once I move there, there's no excuse for me not to start running again. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> I will
0: always find an excuse not to run.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I will as well. But, um, but yeah, beyond that, I think just generally the uh, the kind of attitude of, of, of the place and of Mancunians is, you know, people think of Manchester and they think of like, Tony Wilson and the Stone Roses, the Gallagher brothers, this kind yeah, of yeah, swagger. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you'd think that those people might be quite extreme examples of it, but actually you do kind of encounter it everywhere. And there's this yeah. confidence about Manchester, which is very kind of cross-disciplinary. Like, there's, Obviously there's the music, but there's also... Very significant figures in other fields, like Emmeline Pankhurst was Mancunian. Alan Turing is very associated with Manchester, and there's the great football teams. So there's this kind of air of success, which is quite inspiring to be immersed in, I'd say.
3: Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of, um, uh, certainly when I've been to Manchester a few times, there's a lot of pride there, and, you know, you can see, like, I heart MCR, like... Stickers everywhere, yeah. pretty much. And, um, you know, there's a real kind of love of the city and a love of that kind of culture as well. And, and a pride of being, you know, uh, of being slightly different, um, I guess, which is quite cool.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. So, for the uninitiated like me, let's start with a quick fire tour of the city. So, Dan, we're going to name a few categories and you have to suggest just one thing to do. Um, so, clear your mind. Are you ready?
2: I'm ready. Cool.
0: Great. So, first off, your favourite thing to see in Manchester?
2: Okay, I would say probably the John Rylands Library, which is it's on Deansgate, which is kind of the main commercial street in Manchester. And um, it's surrounded by all these more modern buildings, sort of glass, steel buildings. But then there's this amazing mm. building, which looks sort of like a Gothic cathedral, all like vaulted ceilings and statues and stained glass and stuff, even though it was purpose-built as a library in, I think, about 1900. And um, it's uh, probably the most amazing building in Manchester, I would say. But it also contains some amazing manuscripts, which are like either on display or you can request to see them So they've got, like, the oldest known fragment of the New Testament, loads of medieval, Mm -hmm. like, illuminated manuscripts, rare sort of uh, Chaucer manuscripts, things like that. And it's just uh, in a place where, you know, most of my other sort of (laughs) recommendations are probably going to be to do with um, going out to eat and drink or... um, where to watch the football and stuff like that. It's just something which is yeah, such yeah. a like <laughs> an amazing sort of cultural thing to do. Uh, so yeah, I'd recommend yeah. that everyone does that.
0: A temple to literature. Well, we're all for that. Yeah, <laughs> nice,
3: absolutely. Uh, so next up, uh, you mentioned before that you like a bit of a drink. So what? <laughs> what just one thing you'd like to drink?
2: So the one drink I would say is, and this will probably, uh, sure. I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking in particular of. <laughs> My girlfriend's reaction to this, which is just, she absolutely hates this kind of thing. But um, I'd say a nice pint of ale, um, like Cheshire Cat, yeah. is a nice local ale. Um, you know, proper stuff like room temperature, flat.
3: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, <much> yes. <laughs> um, hand-pulled. Um. Exactly,
2: yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'd say um, probably the most amazing um pub, if you can call it that, or bar in Manchester, is a place called Refuge, which is in, it's in a building um, which is now in the, on the ground floor of a hotel called the Kimpton Clock Tower Hotel. But it's a very sort of, it's a local landmark, really, in Manchester. It was um, built in the 19th century as a kind of, it was an insurance company's building originally. But um, then it became the Palace Hotel, which was very iconic. And now it's under different ownership. But on the ground floor is the Refuge, which is this massive um, bar restaurant sort of area where it has all the building's original features like these glazed tiles big arches chandeliers and then in the middle there's a huge glass uh, sort of atrium which they call the winter garden and um it's such a nice place to nestle in for a few drinks and they do a really good roast as well if you are on a sunday so yeah. i'd definitely say right. to everyone to check out the refuge
3: excellent recommendation um
0: Sounds perfect. That and a pint of ale. I love it. So then leading on actually from a roast, how about your favourite place to eat and what are you eating there?
2: So Manchester is famous for a place called the Curry Mile, which is a mile of curry restaurants. Um, And it's down, it's in Home, which is kind of just south of the city centre. And it's near the the university's area. So when I was a student there, when lots of people who are students there now, they kind of make it their business to try and figure out the very best curry house in the curry mile. Yeah. And for my yeah. by my reckoning, there's only one winner, which is a place called Moodley. Uh where they they just do like great it's it's nothing kind of you know, so many places, in in Manchester included now, like Indian street food, and it's you know, it doesn't really bear that, well, it might bear a relation to Indian street food, but it's kind of fifteen quid for like a little small plate of
3: <laughs> yeah something yeah,
2: yeah. Yes. Um, yes. and it's a sit-down restaurant yeah. that. um so but this place is just kind of it's like a traditional kind of british indian curry house but they just do such good food so they do they do a dish called a railway cindy which is like a really good sort of lamb curry so yeah that's what i'd recommend
3: Excellent. That's, That's a great choice. Um, I do remember going to the Curry Mile about 2007 um, and not finding the best <laughs> best curry in the world. To be honest, but clearly my yeah. friend had not done his research. Sorry, Alan. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on. Moving on. Uh, so, uh, your favourite activity?
2: Okay. Um, well, I'd say one thing that everyone should try and do at least um, when they're in Manchester is to try and get to a football match. Uh, yeah. Whether or not you 're into football um, it 's just such a great i mean it 's not always possible to get tickets um, for you know the big teams, mm-hmm. um, but tickets for cup games in particular sometimes do go on general release, and even if they don 't you can you can get like a light membership which is like costs like twenty quid or something, and then you get access to more of the match tickets go on sale Manchester really is um, you know whether you're into football or not it's one of the sporting well football capitals of the world certainly and going to Old Trafford to watch Man United is one of the great Sporting experiences you can have. I know that there is another place in East Manchester where they have the odd game, but I think it's got to be Old Trafford, <laughs> oh, oh, really. I, I <laughs> even,
3: was, was going to wonder where your allegiance was, Dan, but I think you yeah. made that pretty clear now. That's, yeah. Uh, yeah,
2: yeah, Well Even even if the trophy cabinet's looking a bit sort of dusty these days, there's still um, <laughs> yeah. it is an amazing. I mean, having said that, it is easier to get tickets for Man City because they tend not to sell out because not as many tourists will go and stuff. But you know, if you sort of keep your ears to the ground. It's, um, it's normally possible to, to get a ticket for somewhere and it's, it is an amazing experience.
0: So finally, Dan, your favourite museum or gallery in Manchester?
2: I'm going to say, not just as a great museum, but as a kind of general cultural introduction to, or historical introduction to Manchester, I'd say definitely go to the Museum of Science and Industry, um, mm. which is sort of close to the city centre in an area called Castlefield, which has a lot of, like, industrial heritage and is free, like a lot of British museums. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's a great introduction to the history of the Industrial Revolution, which shaped so much of modern Manchester and obviously the wider world as well. Um, And it's on the site of the world's first ever passenger railway station, um, which was, Mm. so the railway line was between Manchester and Liverpool. And uh, it's in, you know, still the old buildings and stuff. So it's an amazing place To tell that story um and they have yeah great exhibits like old aircraft and trains and cotton mill machinery and things like that um so yeah i would say uh the museum of science and industry is probably probably top of that
3: list that's a that's a really a really awesome. good shout and with that well done on completing the quick fire round. Thank you. And now we're going to go into a few more general kind of things to do. And this is your cha- your time to like kind of get say any extras and other things that you might want to do. So, imagine your friends are coming to visit you. How would you introduce them to the city? What's the first thing you'd like to do?
0: And by friends Dan, we mean me and yeah. James. Okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, like i said i think the food and drink is such a big part of manchester um for me at least so i'd probably take people there's there's one place that i always like to take people which is called it's like a place called Mackie mare and it's like a food hall um which is in an old victorian market hall and it still has a really sort of retro sort of look like this like a glass ceiling and these old um, amazing old pillars and stuff um, and they've kept it kind of looking that way. It still looks a bit sort of like rough around the edges, but in this amazing building. But then they've got um, these really great food vendors. Um, There's actually the company that owns it have also got a place in Ultringham Market, which is in sort of on on the edge of Greater Manchester, and then another one in Macclesfield as well. But just a great choice of food, like really good pizza, good ramen, tacos, stuff like that, and a couple of bars as well where they do like nice wine and stuff on tap and beers, obviously, and stuff like that. So um, that's a really nice place to sort of linger for a while, maybe go for a nice long lunch, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's in a place called, a part of a town called the Northern Quarter, which, yeah. along with Angcoats, which is just next door, are these kind of former industrial areas where the old warehouses and cotton mills have been repurposed into, like, trendy bars and restaurants and galleries and stuff. It's kind of equivalent to... Like the Baltic Triangle in Liverpool or the Usbourne yeah. in Newcastle yeah. is like that as well. Um so yeah, I mean you could spend all day just sort of touring uh those those areas. And then New Islington, which is next to Ancoats, has a nice marina. So if it's nice weather, which is a big if, obviously in Manchester, but um <laughs> that's a nice place to uh either just sort of go for a wander or you can, again, sit. There are nice bars and cafes and stuff. There's a great bakery called Pollen Bakery, which is in New Islington, which always has queues for just miles and miles, uh, especially on the weekend. Um, but if you go at the right time, then that's, yeah, also a nice place to sit outside of. Um, so I probably would always start in that, in that part of town. Mm-hmm. Um, other things that are good, I mean, I mentioned the museum of science and industry is a great place to get a kind of mm. overview of manchester's like cultural history there's also not not too far from there there's a place called the people's history museum where mm. um it really is it's great for getting a feel for the social history like i mentioned Emmeline panker so there's a women's suffrage movement um where manchester was a big center for that trade union mm-hmm. movement yeah. you know there's a long history of kind of left-wing and progressive politics in Manchester. Like even Friedrich Engels lived here and sort of formulated yeah, a lot yeah, of his ideas yeah. here. So um, that's a great place to go for that. Um, good art galleries as well. There's probably the Whitworth Gallery is, is the best one. There's mm. uh, It's got like William Blake and Van Gogh and Picasso's and stuff like that in there. So that's, all, that's definitely worth a visit. Uh, the Manchester Art Gallery as well is really good. So yeah. That would be a good start.
3: Just a few things for a good start. That's a a great list, Dan. Thank you.
0: So then how about any hidden gems, Dan, sort of that you're willing to share with us and listeners?
2: Okay. Um, So I'm not sure... For people who live in Manchester, they might sort of think this isn't really a hidden gem, but it's the kind of thing that people who aren't from Manchester probably don't tend to do it that much. And that is, I'd say, go to Chalton, which is like a... Um, suburb not very far easy to get the tram there from the city centre or get a cab um, and there's a road on Shorten called Beach Road um, which is just lots of really nice sort of pubs uh, boutiques and cafes and stuff and to give you an idea of the sort of place it is um, there's a news agent there which supposedly sells more copies of The Guardian than any other shop outside London
3: <laughs> so um, well The Guardian was The Manchester Guardian originally wasn't that's it that's true so, that is true yeah, yeah. yeah that's true yeah.
2: Um, so Beach Road is a really nice place to spend the day, but I'd say the best, the kind of jewel in the crown of Beach Road, if you like, is a place called San Juan, which is um, a tapas bar. And um, you go in, and it's very kind of traditional decor. It's like you know tiled walls, sitting on wooden stools, and the food is just really, really good, really authentic. It's like by um, like being in like Seville or Granada or something like that. And I mean, again, mm. notwithstanding the weather, but. If it is a sunny day, (laughs) it's a great place to sit outside as well. Um, Yeah. And uh, so I'd say, yeah, definitely go to San Juan. They also never used to do reservations, but now post-pandemic, they do now. So that's a little silver lining. I know we might get onto that, but um, Mm. yeah. So that's what I'd suggest. A nice day out on Beach Road.
3: Cool. And um, I mean, you've mentioned a little bit about this before in terms of like kind of getting out of the city centre, going to, you you, you are literally starting to move out of the city centre yourself anyway. Um, But uh, if you're uh, sort of going to the surrounding region, so um, as we talked about that kind of greater Manchester region, are are there any like brilliant sort of activities to do or brilliant things to do?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Again, lockdown, like for lots of people, Um, I spent a lot of lockdown (laughs) trying to find places to go for a walk. You know, lots of people who live in a city. Well, I mean, London, obviously, is amazing for green spaces. Central Manchester, not so much. But um, so uh, there's a place in the north north of Manchester called Presswich, um, and there's a place there called Presswich Forest Park, which... I feel like when people talk about like the best parks in Greater Manchester, it never really gets mentioned that much. But Mm -hmm. um, it's got uh, it's like a massive area of woodland. There's a lake and stuff. It's got mountain bike tracks if that's what you're into. Really nice walking trails. Um, So there's that. And then further south, there's you know I mentioned all these um, great parks in the Didsbury and Chorlton area, but then. You don't have to go very far from Manchester to be touching the edge of the Peak District. And yep. um so Macclesfield Forest, for example, uh, which is right on the western sort of fringe of the piece, of the Peak District, um is is a brilliant place to go. It's probably about um I don't know, maybe an hour's drive, if that from Manchester. Um and yeah, just a massive area of, of uh, woodland with, with amazing walking trails and stuff, and then obviously the rest of the Peak District. Um, you could, I mean, just last weekend I was I was out sort of near Leek, which is maybe mm. slightly further than that, but not very not still not very far at all. Um, and uh, yeah, bit slightly closer to home. Macclesfield, like I said, has um, some really cool places to eat and drink, and Macclesfield Picture Drone uh, is one of them um yeah so there's there's a lot i mean liverpool is not far either at all um, in the i was other gonna direction.
3: say yeah it's uh it's what like an hour's drive or something or half yeah drive and Manchester. i mean the train is probably
2: a fair bit less than that um mm. so and liverpool is obviously a brilliant city in its own in its own right um so yeah there's there's a lot of stuff
3: yeah i was gonna say like a a couple of years ago I went to like the Forest of Boland as well which is on the other yep. side where like Cliferrow and stuff is and that that bit and it, that's not technically the Peak District right but it's like kind of really it, stunning in itself it's in stunning itself.
2: yeah it is there's an amazing pub there called um the Parker's Arms
3: I don't know if you've been mm. there but um, uh is that the place of the pies
2: <laughs> Yeah the place with the pies yeah exactly yeah
3: oh, yeah, yeah yeah we did go there <laughs> it was, it was yeah. the best yeah yeah it's um just i don't know maybe the the best pie i've ever had potentially quite possibly Uh, big claim but yeah you heard it here first um (laughs) cool well thanks for like kind of introducing us to to manchester dan and uh we're going to find out next a little bit more about the sort of present and the future of manchester Whether you want to go wild swimming in the fairy pools of sky, take a windswept walk along the Jurassic Coast, or scale the heights of Snowdonia, or even follow Dan's lead and hit up the streets of Manchester, your DKR Witness travel guides to Great Britain make sure you experience all that the country has to offer. Find DKR Witness Great Britain in all good bookshops now, or via the link in our episode bio.
0: So Dan, how has Manchester evolved during the last sort of few years?
2: Manchester's changed massively, even since I first moved here like 10, 12 years ago, I think it was. Um, so you can't turn a corner now in the city centre without seeing like a new high rise, like luxury apartment buildings springing up, cranes everywhere cause of all the all the building. And then, but the pace of change in this sort of edgier, like cooler neighbourhoods is always, um, mm. is so, so fast as well. Like, when I first moved to Manchester, the northern quarter was sort of the kind of edgy place to be. And then that yeah. moved to Ancoats. Mm-hmm. And then now it's probably moving out to New Islington now. It's in the same way that it happened in London, right? First with Shoreditch, then like Bethnal Green and Hackney and, and yeah, so yeah. on. It sort of spreads out. Yeah. Um, so those things um, change really quickly. Obviously, the city has had its share of tragedy as well the last few years. Um, yeah. 2017, there was. Yeah. The, um, the bombing at the arena, which was the biggest terrorist attack in the UK since the London bombings in 2005. Mm, yeah. um, but even then, you know, the response to that said a lot about Manchester's spirit, I think. Like, uh, there's the symbol of the city, which is a bee, like the worker bee to symbolise like industry, which comes from the days of the um, Industrial Revolution. And that became a lot more visible after the attack. Um, Lots of people kind of got it tattooed and stuff. And it's like you see Mm -hmm. it all over the place now. So it's kind of, um, I guess, a kind of one legacy of that tragedy was at least the kind of coming together of of the city. Um, And then obviously Covid came along and
0: (laughs) changed everything for all of us. (laughs) Did Mancunians sort of rally together during the pandemic in the same way after they did with the um, arena bombings?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, initially, it was the same with any big city. Like, it was totally devastated by the uh, restrictions and everything, because um, the lifeblood of Manchester, is, as is probably obvious from the way that I've been talking, is hospitality and, in particular, food and drink. So Greater Manchester was under some of the most severe restrictions in the country for for quite some of the longest time frames as well. And so the sight of Andy Burnham, who's, you know, the mayor of, of Greater Manchester, obviously, Yep. With his little North Face jacket on, like sticking it to the government um, about the restrictions <laughs> and not giving us enough su- financial support and stuff like that. That became a very familiar image. And um, it was a sentiment that was shared by a lot of people here. Um, you know, the, the idea that Manchester was being hard done by. Um, mm. And I think it's kind of partly because, you know, Manchester gets a lot of its energy from not being London, you know, being yeah. the capital yeah. of the mm-hmm. North. And stuff, but um, there was also a real sense of um, uh, kind of injustice that I think was uh, was totally understandable, really, um, but yeah, absolutely everyone rallied around and even though sadly, a lot of businesses didn 't survive as is the case everywhere, um, Manchester as a whole now is definitely sort of back and its even buzzier than it ever was um, and i 'd say that some things have actually improved. Uh, as a result of the pandemic and the restrictions and stuff. So a lot of the Northern Quarter, for example, was pedestrianised um, hmm. to allow bars to okay. have outdoor seating, you know, when, in, when indoor wasn't yes. allowed. Yeah, yeah. So that's going to be permanent now. Um, so there's this kind of, parts of the Northern Quarter, there's this sort of feeling of slight like cafe culture, I'd say. Um, yeah, yeah. Almost European when it's warm and sunny, although that's only for about, Three days of the year normally.
3: But, <laughs> I you know. think, well, if it's anything like today, hopefully it's a sunny day. Hopefully you can go yeah. for a drink later or something. Too. Yeah, no, it was very nice here today. But yeah, and I, th- I think like, um, I mean, you sort of talk about Manchester and the worker bee and, and the kind of like, it's like a real city of makers, isn't it? And I think that's one thing that sort of shone out in the pandemic that, um, you know, lots of like small businesses were under threat. Um, Andy Burnham talked about getting more support for them as well. And um and yeah, uh, uh, sadly, I think some of them have gone. But hopefully, it's everything feel like it's back open now? Everything feels like it's kind of welcoming once again?
2: It does, yeah. And I think that, um, in combination with the weather finally warming up a bit, um, yeah, is hopefully, you know, grounds for optimism,
3: I think. Fantastic. And uh, I mean, <laughs> whilst we're on the weather, uh, when when is the best time to see Manchester?
2: Spring or summer, I would say, definitely. Um, I mean, the weather in Manchester does get a bad press. You know, they call it mm. the rainy city, even though it's actually below the national average rainfall, but, like, quite significantly, I think. Uh. But, um, but the way that it's spread out, it feels like it rains, like, every day in Manchester. Not <laughs> necessarily much, but at least a, a bit, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's not that cold here, but it's like, it's just the winter can just feel very grey and gloomy and long. Mm. Um, yeah so but summer's nice and quite often warm and quite often sunny even though there's always a sort of lingering possibility of some rain so you I'd say bring a jacket but spring and summer when you can stay outside are the best um maybe if you do want to go to a football match spring or late summer because obviously the season is off between (laughs) May and August but um you can always go to the cricket if not (laughs)
3: yeah otherwise wrap up very warm um but but i was actually gonna say like i uh, you know i've been to manchester quite a few times quite a lot when i was younger as well and one of the things that like i think and you mentioned this in some of your best things to do uh like there's loads and loads of like old pubs that are like stained glass that like have original features and so on those i those are maybe one thing that are slightly better in the rain like they're nice like havens almost that's true nice and cozy yeah
0: Manchester has a huge music legacy. Is there anything, any music festivals or sort of city events that anyone should, uh, you know, that our listeners should be heading for?
2: Uh, yeah, so there's, um, there's Parklife Festival, uh, which is mm. uh, normally in June. Last, last year it was in September, I think, because of the way that the restrictions came back. Um, I think it's due to be in the summer again this year. Big electronic music festival, which is in, in Heaton Park in North Manchester now. Which is funny, like I remember when I was at university, I went to the, I think it was the second ever year of it. And back then it was just in a tiny little park, which was like opposite our halls of residence. Um, yeah. And now it's this huge thing with like massive acts um, from that world playing. So yeah, there's, um, Park Life is probably uh, the biggest kind of music event mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. There's also, uh, I mean, sorry to go on about football again. <laughs>
3: <laughs> there's, uh, Just try and drop in as much as you can, Dan. Man, so. <laughs> don't listen, don't listen, it's all fine.
2: There's the Women's Euros is, uh, in, is being yes. held in England this summer. Uh, so that includes I Old Trafford and, and Man City, I think, as well. Uh, that's in July. Um, cool. And there's cricket as well. The, there's a, a tournament called The 100, which is at Old Trafford, cricket ground. Yeah which is like a new sort of short format of the game. Maybe not one for the purists, but it's probably be a good day out. And um, then there's also, uh, in September, there's Manchester Food and Drink Festival, um, which is like local producers um, from all across Manchester, Greater Manchester and the surrounding area sort of come together. And it's normally held in lots of different venues across the city as well. So there's you can sort of dip in and out.
3: Fantastic. Mm-hmm. That sounds great. Well we'll see you there. Um but yeah, well thanks so much Dan. That was um a real sort of smorgasbord of of Manchester recommendations and uh it was brilliant to hear about a city that I I actually haven't been to in a while but actually I maybe knew a bit better than I thought I did. And uh and and um it, it's really really cool to hear that everything is kind of getting back to normal Absolutely. now as well so yeah. that's fantastic but um we'll not keep you too much longer do get out enjoy the sun uh <laughs> enjoy the outdoor dining um but yeah thank you so much
0: thank you so no much, thanks guys lovely yeah it's been
3: wonderful it's been thank great you. thanks for having me on
0: so a huge huge thank you to dan that was um wonderful it's so nice to finally have him on the podcast
3: absolutely yeah dan um he's just one of those names he pops up in so many <laughs> yeah. of our guides so many of our like kind of uh, our sort of special gift and inspiration books as well and uh yeah he's he's uh he's been a long time dk eyewitness contributor so it's fantastic to have dan on the on the pod finally at long last and and brilliant i mean i love the um i love the great britain episodes that we do um yeah. uh mainly because i've been to those places <laughs> but but um, but, uh, but like uh yeah it's 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 amazing to kind of hear more about manchester like a real spread of things a real spread of experiences as well so thank you once again
0: to dan yeah, thank you so much dan so if you want to keep track of what dan's up to you can check him out on instagram at dan stabs or on twitter at dan stables
3: yes and uh you can join us next time where right now we don't know where we're going We'll be going somewhere, Uh, we promise you. (laughs) So join us in a fortnight for a surprise. Uh, And in the meantime, thank you very much, Lucy.
0: Thank you very much, James.
3: And we shall see you soon.
0: Where To Go was produced by the team at DK Witness and the wonderful Julia Baker. It was presented by James Atkinson and Lucy Richards and mastered by Johnny Coddington at Bottle Rocket Recording. For more information about DK Eyewitness, follow us on social media at DK Eyewitness or visit dk.com forward slash eyewitness.
3: And don't forget to please like, rate, review, and subscribe the show wherever you get your podcasts. Your support means so much to us.